This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Glory hole, guys. This is Joe from uh, Leadwater, Indiana. Um, yeah, I was listening to episode 411 with Noah, and it was hot out, so I had the windows down, and I pulled up at a stoplight right next to a cop right when you were talking about Hillary Clinton having sex with dead babies. The cop followed me for about four or five blocks. I'm sure he ran my plate, and I'm probably on a list somewhere. So thanks, guys. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Tom. This is Nathan from New Mexico. I was listening to your last episode about the uh, Pat Robertson and his questions on air. And one of them struck me because it happened to me. There was the one girl saying she didn't feel love. That happened to me as a fifth grader, our fifth grade teacher at a private school told us that we needed to accept Jesus. And I did, and I never felt anything. And it scared me for months and months, probably even years. And I could, I would lose sleep over it. I would have nightmares and it's crazy. And I just thought it was interesting how people even older have that problem and how it's damaging. So anyway, great show. Thanks for having us guys and keep up the good work. Glory hole. So you know how you guys have occasionally have the intro where they have the guy talking about carrying 75 pounds of feet across the desert? Well, I've realized something about that. Um, I At one point, I held like a, a bunch of dogs that we put together with a quarter pound, and vacuum sealed, it would probably be about a half liter displacement. So 75 pounds would be about 300 liters, which is about 40 gallons. Typical hiking backpack, i.e. a fucking massive one, is about 75 liters. So two of those full of vacuum-packed feet. So, uh, you know, have them hit me up. Glory hole. Hey, Cecil and Tom. Hey, I really love the title to your episode 416. But apparently the Kandiru fish, I think it's how they say it, is, uh, you know, the one that swims up the urethra is apparently kind of spurious about like whether it does actually swim up your urethra, your urethra or not. Anyway, uh, I was just thinking though that whenever women get it, it could also be the deadliest snatch. Glory hole. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way, we bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is... No welcome, Matt. We are recording from an extra special location today. We have moved Glory Hole Studios to the very depths of hell. <laughs> it is, it is the you know. It's I knew I was be going ninety degrees in here. It's got to be ninety degrees in here. I knew I was going to hell. I didn't know I'd be inner circle. I'm oh. actually a little proud. I'm not sure. We're supposed to have the Satanists on last week. They should have been on this. Week. <laughs> I, right? They'd feel at home. They would feel at home. 
I Jesus. next time we come yeah. recording, I'm bringing my pitchfork yeah. just so I can fit in with the yeah. locals. I'll tell you, leave it to the Satanist to be flaky too. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got all caught up killing uh, babies sorry, or whatever. We're, we do. we're building the Baphomet statue. <laughs> It's funny because they carved it out of butter. It was yeah, a butter carving yeah. of Baphomet. So yeah. it melts you, right away, yeah. but it looks like <laughs> you could do ice or butter in here and it would still melt before you we could do a wood carving screen. in here and it would melt. Ugh, it's super unpleasant. You here. could smelt just iron saying, just by having iron. in I'm here. just saying, folks, we suffer for you. This is it. <laughs> my, my intro is misery related misery. right now. Also uh, on the show later, Riss McCool wrote a new book, so check it out later on. Uh, we're going to have Riss on to talk Called about Once Unspoken. She'll speak about it a little book. later. Yeah, she's going to unspokenly speak about her <laughs> brand new book. Trumpy, you can do stupid things. All right, so this story comes from CNN Politics. Donald Trump just put the me in his <laughs> Memorial Day tweet. This tweet, I do, we got to start out just by reading just the tweet. Read the tweet. Uh, for anyone who's yeah. not from America, Memorial Day is where it's their national... Let's feel sad about dead soldiers right, day. Absolutely. Veterans day is the day we were, we, we give Veterans day for the ones vets. that are still alive. Yeah. Hand jobs for the living. Yeah. yeah. Tears for the tears. Default. But we have this thing where we, we want to talk about the troops all the time. So Memorial day is a perfect opportunity for them to do yeah. that. Right. Well, and Donald Trump really seized upon the opportunity absolutely. to remember to our fallen thank, troops, to thank the and troops to, and, to, right? and to thank them. Okay. So here's what he said. Happy Memorial Day! Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> Happy Memorial Day, little like, one. There's just like a fat soldier with a gunny sack full I, of bullets. I brought you a bullet! <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to dig it out of your tummy! <laughs> and you get dysentery? And you get dysentery? Ho, ho, ho! You've been good. You get gangrene. Open your stocking. There's a grenade! <laughs> it's like IEDs under the tree. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. Those who died for our great country would be very happy and proud at how well our country is doing today. Best economy in decades, lowest unemployment numbers for blacks and Hispanics <laughs> ever. ever, all caps, yeah. and women in 18 years, yeah. in parentheses, like women belong. Yeah. <laughs> women are just a parenthetical separate, reference. Separate but equal, Tom. Separate but parenthetical. <laughs> <laughs> Rebuilding our mil military and so much more. Nice. I don't know if you remember that really dramatic scene in Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks is dying. Right. He's, he's got, got shot. You know, he's trying to save that yeah. guy. And he, and he leans up and he says, tell my wife that I died for best unemployment for blacks in his past <laughs> ever. And then Matt Damon's like, nice. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. It totally happened, though. I do. Yeah. I, it's you know that was an outtake. Yeah. So a lot of people, it got you got to watch the deleted scenes. After you got it's five, right. Yeah. It's a lot of people yeah. don't watch all the all the deleted. <laughs> but it was it so didn't. Ridiculous. This is how he's just had. This is uh, how we sell it. This is the president of the United yeah. States. He's fucking jerking yeah. off and coming on the faces. He's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to Arlington National Cemetery. I'm going to jerk off on every fucking grave. <laughs> ah! He's like standing on the crosses, jumping from grave to grave. <laughs> <laughs> he like runs over to the Trump. guy who's marching and yells at people when they're too loud. He's like, hey, can you take our picture real right? quick? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like bouncing from the grave to chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim. Why is he doing that? We don't know. Uh, you got to love a guy, though. This is a perfect social media president, though. I mean, this is absolutely perfect because he's making 
something that's not about him about him. Right. It's like him taking a selfie at Arlington and being like, oh, all these people died. Pouty, sad face, <laughs> sad face emoticon. <laughs> you know, like, like I, you could right. see him do it because that's, that's, that's essentially, he's a, I mean, he's a social media, but he's competing for likes. That would even be better than what he wrote. Like something like that. Donald Trump sticking his lip out, taking a selfie at Arlington with a sad face emoticon would be better than what he wrote here, which is, it would be classier. It would be classier than what he wrote here, which is instead guys, I'm really great. Did I tell you how great I am? By the way, I know a bunch of people fell. You know who else fell? Hillary Clinton. I wanted to say that real quick. I just want to point that out to everybody. No collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Selfie stick. (laughs) I love the idea that our sitting president is competing for validation through social media likes. Like that's, that's what's happening. Like, I don't know if people love me unless they click on a smiling face or a thumbs up or a hearty sound (laughs) or what are you fucking kidding me you're supposed you got work to do i see this and i'm not mad that he's like pissing on a memorial day or whatever like i i think that that memorial day does have its its place you know maybe we should kill less soldiers maybe that's what we should think about on on memorial day is let's try to avoid soldier deaths by not getting in wars that might be that's a wacky idea a wacky goofy idea to sort of follow on let me see if i can follow you So if we love our soldiers so much, maybe we should not create conflict in order to, to put them in harm's throw way. Throw them in, you know. Yeah, might be something to think about. Pinning that for later. Okay. okay? All yeah. right. I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that. But you know, if you're one of these people who really does, you know, love the military so much, I would imagine you on the other side looking at this and thinking this is disgraceful. I I feel like this is one of those things, one of those moments again that you run into, and you're just like, this just is so unpresidential. Yeah. I know that one of the things that in, endears him to certain groups of people is that he is sort of cut from a different cloth. Yeah. But this is so Come on, man. It's, yeah. it's so tactless. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing right. that it's re- representing our country. Yeah. Abortions for all. <laughs> Very well. No abortions for anyone. <laughs> Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. Uh, This story is from Global News. Oh, no. Irish Catholics worry abortion vote signals weakening influence of church. You know why they worry about that? Because that's what this does. (laughs) Hey, church, (laughs) your influence is waning. Yeah. It has been waning for decades and decades, and it is collapsing upon itself like the bloated pedophile factory that it is. Did you see this? Ireland voted by roughly two to one margin to yep. end the ban on abortion. Thank your lucky charms. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was... <laughs> the biggest... What? Green clovers and purple diamonds. And, and red fetuses. <laughs> and yellow coat hangers. Oh, Jesus. And you still got your gold coins you have to pay for. (laughs) Me gold. Uh, Welcome to Dublin. The whole city's an abortion. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So this is pretty much what it is. Yeah, I mean, two to one, Ireland said, hey, it'd be nice to be in the 20th century. And I didn't misspeak. Look, we need to to abort some of these orphans, guys. Yeah, right. (laughs) Look, uh, we have an orphan problem. We're not taking care of the wee ones anyway. We should just have less of them. We're just putting them in a pit out back, (laughs) aren't we? (laughs) 
<laughs> this is this is the show where no one in Ireland ever listens. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't do a live show there or a meetup at all. No. Thank goodness. No. Well, where oh. would we have done one? Well, I just, like, now we can't. <laughs> so, I would have done one in Belfast. Like, yeah, Belfast, Belfast was beautiful. Was, Belfast was nice. I like Belfast. Belfast was nice. Yeah. I don't know if I visited. Did we visit other cities? There's Dublin and Belfast is all we did. And then we and drove was, we around. Drove all over the place, though. Yeah. We drove from yeah. one to the other right. and we saw the sheep. Giant's Causeway was nice. The Giant's Causeway was extremely With that Japanese guy who was like, hey, to <laughs> the best part about visiting the Giant's Causeway is in the States, they would prevent you from any horseplay. You would right. not be able to do anything there. You certainly wouldn't, you would probably just, there would be a fence and you would just be able to look at the Giant's Causeway. Right. But there you could climb on this shit. And so there's these rocks of like irregular heights. Right. And there's this Japanese guy, or, <laughs> I don't know, an Asian guy, I don't know. And he's, he's, stuck <laughs> on the side he had tried to climb up one of the parts and he's just he's like i'm here now he just, nope no this is my life now <laughs> and he was stuck on the side i forgot about that guy like, check that guy out I'm like, <laughs> spider-man doing what a spider can check him out he's just fucking hanging there it's just that's where he is yeah, now. he's still there he is <laughs> he's i know still there to this he day. built himself a yeah. little shrine to his yeah. ancestors now I think all his whole the thing. now all the wisecracking irish Tour guides all point to him and say something. Oh, it's our Japanese guy. He's been there since 16. He fought the big giant who made this thing come up. Well, I respect the move, but the entire thing has been a witch hunt. And uh, there is no collusion between certainly myself and my campaign. But I can always speak for myself and the Russians. This is from the Washington Post. Trump tweets regret for picking Jeff Sessions. Advisors say he's unlikely to fire him. No, he's got that sweet no regrets tattoo. <laughs> no regrets. So, no regrets. <laughs> so, yeah, Trump. Uh, Trump had sent out a bunch of stuff that was basically uh, because this uh, this guy Gowdy uh, had said some things on television, and so Trump immediately started tweeting about this. So we're gonna go through and we're gonna read these. There's it's a it's a it's a three tweet storm. So all right, represent. This is the tweet, Representative Trey Gowdy. Uh, quote, I don't think so. I think what the president is doing is expressing frustration that attorney Jeff general sessions should have shared these reasons for recusal before he took the job. Not afterward. If I Wait. were the president and I picked someone to be the country's second chief law enforcement officer. And they told me later, Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to participate in the most important case in the office. I'll be frustrated too. And that's how I read that Senator sessions. Why do not you tell me before I picked you? There are lots of really good lawyers in the country. He could have picked someone else. And then Trump says, Trump and ends, I wish Trump, I did. Yeah, Trump ends the quotes there and says, right. I wish I did. One of Trump's central promises was he was going to pick the best people. Yeah. The very best people. Sure. I'm going to have the best people. I'm going to surround myself. And then he's like, I fired a lot of these people. Yeah, I wish I had a yeah, different person. I had a different person. Look, you're either good at hiring or you're not. Yeah. He's proven that he's not. Right? So like, can we, it's I proven mean, that that what gets a position in his in his cabinet is a sycophant. Right. That's what well, that's the people who thrive. Somebody with influence yeah. that he wants. Somebody yeah. who wants. Yeah, to that's that praise too. him. Or, but it's but I mean, you look at a lot. It's like what a, what the fuck did Rick Perry bring to the table? That guy's just a sycophant. Right. What did Jeff Sessions bring to the right. table? What did Betsy DeVos bring yeah. to the table? Nothing. Right. You know, I mean, well, Betsy DeVos probably bringing a big bunch of money to the Republican Party. But that's what I guess that's what I mean. Like all of his appointments are. Appointments that that either bolster him through validation, it seems like, or that bolster 
him by appealing to a certain base. Right, right. What he what he doesn't seem to appoint is competent people who are able to do the job that's requested right, by him. Right. And we know this is true because he keeps firing them. Yeah. He fires people like crazy. And I, you know, like if you're if one of your central job responsibilities is to hire people, and that is one of his central job responsibilities is to hire people, and you can't keep people. Your turnover rate through their own natural attrition from leaving on their own or from from your firing yeah, sure, people is yeah. this high. You're doing a shitty job at that. Can we at least agree on that? Yeah. That he said he's going to have the best people, the very best people. You won't believe how good his people are going to be. And, they're and then not. he hires these people and then he's firing them and they're quitting at a fucking incredible There's number. There's no way that the very best people include his family. I just, right. I just, yeah. dis- I, I, I just, just don't believe it. Just like, I coincidentally, just right? You. Coincidentally, coincidentally, the best guy in America the, for this job yeah, is my son-in-law. Yeah, the best guy is my son-in-law. I just don't believe you. Like, I just don't think that's true. That's because you're not a credulous yeah. dipshit. And so, so you know, I, I, like that, that gets thrown out on its ear in the first place. The idea that he's going after Sessions, and he's been going after Sessions for a long time, and he hasn't fired him. Mm-hmm. You know. He's he's tried to control this investigation from the very beginning. He tried to get Comey to be on his side with all the, hey, you want to be buddies sort of thing. Invites him to a White House dinner where it's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Sort of a romantic, right. yeah. I get two ice cream scoops and you get one or whatever. Are you going to back me? Yeah, exactly. Do you want to get back behind yeah. me? <laughs> I know. Back that <laughs> ass up. But yeah, and then and, and, he, and he fired him because he was not interested in that, you know, the, that relationship right. with him. You know, he's been talking shit about Sessions since the beginning about this. He's Would been you, saying, you know, like, you you, you, right. you recuse yourself. Well, shit, fire him then. Fucking fire him then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wish I did. Well, you can make it so. Yeah, it's your th- it's like, it's just like, well, but there'd be too much political blowback if I fire the guy I hired. I don't feel bad for yeah. you. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you. Like, one of your chief responsibilities is doing this. Yeah. Doing it badly is a cause for you to be embarrassed, and, right? And of the things Sessions has done in his life, this is one of the ones that I'm like, I kind of agree with. Yeah, that's, yeah you it's should. Thing. You're you supposed to. Recuse, recuse that's your responsibility. Because you were part of this. Right. And the only reason you recuse yourself of something like this is because is if you're part of maybe you had right. something to do I with know it. Someone, yeah, right? I can't be impartial. Yeah. Any information that turned out to be so false and fake, out. I think it's a disgrace. And I say that, and I say that. And that's something that Nazi Germany would have done and did do. I think it's a disgrace. That information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public. The story is from the Washington Post. Uh, the Health 202. Why Hurricane Maria killed not dozens, but thousands of Puerto Ricans. How do you get it so different? How do so you the, get it so different to dozens, two fucking Thousands. So the official death toll originally was 64, but a Harvard study, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine recently came out, which put the death, death toll at 4,600 and change, 4,645. Yeah. Um, now, what they're counting is um, both direct deaths and indirect deaths. And part of the reason that this is so massive is the system for counting people in Puerto Rico was kind of fucking crazy. Like, in order for you to count as a hurricane death, they, the body had to, like, jump through these fucking weekend at Bernie-style right, hoops. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to and, hang glide in. Right. Yeah. And they weren't counting deaths that were a result of the breakdown of infrastructure that left people without medical care yeah. and treatment. Yeah, the people who lost power when they were right. under medical care. and So when they take into account all of the, the, the compounding effects that the hurricane had and the disruptions on the healthcare system... When they take that into account and they do the research, it's 4,645, but I read something that says that total is probably closer to 5,000. 
There was 3,000 people died in 9-11. Yeah. Pause and think about yeah. that. How fucking yeah. outraged we were yeah. over 9-11. Yeah. 5,000 people. Call it 46, 45. Yeah. That's 50% more people died in Puerto Rico than in 9-11. Than in 9-11. And we're shrugging our fucking shoulders not, at we this problem. Care. We, like, we literally don't care. When, one, of the, one of the stories that they tell in this is about a woman who she got sick, went to the doctor. They gave her some antibiotics. She had some bad reaction or something. She winds up trying to call, can't get cell reception for 15 or 20 minutes. Finally, they call the, the ambulance. The ambulance is dispatched, but it takes... 30 or so minutes to get to her. And by the time they get to her, she's dead. She's dead. And then they can't do an autopsy. So they don't count that body. Right. As someone who was a victim of the hurricane because of infrastructure problems on both the cell lines and the roads. Yeah. I mean, if you pause and think about the devastation that has been wrought upon Puerto Rico. Yeah. It, that, that Island has changed forever. Yeah. That Island will not be the same. That Island has been forever changed. It's it's not just that they're without power, like you said. They're without think about they were all the all the uh, associated services. Sure, in many areas of Puerto Rico, the roads were closed, yeah. and they were not closed for a few hours yeah, no, or even is, a couple yeah. of days. They were closed for weeks or months at a time. Yeah, so that means like, oh, I can't get anywhere. Well, also help can't get to me. Yeah, it's I mean, the, the the like you said, like cell service was down. Oh, I can't call for help. Yeah. I can't. My dad's having a heart attack. Well, maybe he would have survived that. Probably would have, but I can't fucking do anything. Sure. About yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible situation. I saw a story recently of a guy who wound up buying an old uh, cherry picker truck mm -hmm. and just going out and repairing the lines on his own. That's incredible. He just learned how to do it. He's terrified of heights, but he oh still God. does it just so people in his area can start getting power sooner than they were before. It's because, a horror show because, down there. Because there's, the services in order to, like, to get to them was going to take so long. This man went out of his way to just be like a vigilante electrician. That is scary. <laughs> Think about that for a second. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a hope I don't get electrocuted. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, just it, it's got like not only is he afraid of heights, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's got a healthy fear of electricity. Too. Yeah, well, if he doesn't, he should. <laughs> You know what my sincerest, I genuinely, I mean this with my whole heart, my sincerest hope is that Puerto Rico becomes the 51st state. I do soon. too. Yeah, yeah. And then we can start fucking caring. Treating it like it matters. Right. Yeah. This idea that America can hold territories mm -hmm. is, it, that's a stupid fucking antiquated old bullshit timing. idea. It's old timing. Right? Yeah. Our there territories, should be saloons there. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's yeah. A, look, we're either, we're either responsible or you're not. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You, there's Either no, you're our citizenry or you're not. Yeah. But no one is happier. No one is prouder to put this birth certificate matter to rest than the Donald. And that's because he can finally get back to focusing on the issues that matter. Like, did we fake the moon landing? <laughs> what really happened in Roswell? And where are Biggie and Tupac? Oh my God! This is a right wing watch, Cecil. I know it's hot, and I don't know why. why are, are you talking about? Are you this, wiping though? the sweat from your brow, no, or are you putting is, your head is, in your this hands? This is me rubbing the frustration into my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Carl Gallup's. I, I love that this is still a thing. Trump's demand for an investigation into Spygate is really about uncovering Obama's birth certificate. Before we even play this, Cecil, what if we found? 
a, that it was a fake birth certificate right now. Tell me what would change. Do we have a time machine that we could go? Do, do, do we, would we, do we break out the fucking flux capacitors? Do you remember? I know you've heard this hardcore history. Yeah. Hardcore history about ancient Assyria. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a city called Nineveh. Right. <laughs> that they wiped <laughs> from the history. The, yeah. They wiped from history. Right. I'm only half kidding when I say that's what they want to do with Obama's presidency. They want to find Let's just say everything was invalid. They just want to find some way. I don't know that they can say everything's invalid. It's all been done, so you can't. But I think what they want to say is they want to to wipe from history that anything positive was ever created by. Oh, my God. And so in order to do that, you've got to discredit him, and you've got to keep discrediting him over and over and over again. And Obama didn't... I mean, Obama did make a lot of mistakes in office. Sure. And... You know, you can go back and look at some of those mistakes. We, you can, I think what they want to try to do though, is try to make sure that instead of focusing on mistakes, you can, if you can just discredit him enough, mm-hmm. then you don't have to take anything he did seriously. I, I do. I guess that's probably true. Do you true. know what I mean? Like, I yeah. mean, that, there's no other reason I can like, think of. Are they going to like, you know what else they should do? They should look back and be like, he wasn't over the age of 35. I mean, like, if you're just going to be ridiculous, sure, if you're just going to be fucking absolutely. ridiculous, yeah. then you yeah. know what? He wasn't a dude, and we only yeah. like dudes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unwritten rule, it turns out, but pretty hard and fast. Pretty hard and fast, yeah. Kind of yeah. like me. Hey, now. All right, so I'm going to play Carl Gallup. We might not interrupt this a lot. He's, it takes him a while to get to his fucking point. Now the man, Donald Trump who first called for Obama to display a birth certificate to the world, who started this whole thing with a birth certificate, Donald Trump did. He's now calling for the DOJ to investigate the FBI placing spies, and he's wanting to know how it was connected to the Obama and Clinton offices. He's just saying things to remove any sort of attention from himself. Right. He's been doing that since the beginning. They have said many times that there hasn't been any of this stuff. Rubio even recently came out and said, yeah, people were following people in his campaign, but they weren't following the campaign. Right. Yeah. This is this is a stop looking at me yeah. moment. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And we, we know that it is. But look, here, here's the thing. I want to say this to be clear. If there is if there is evidence Absolutely. and reason yeah, with you. With to you. have an investigation, let's have it. Yeah. And then let's have a thorough third party impartial investigation and if it uncovers any evidence of corruption, double dealing, spying uh or or, or right. sabotage of any candidate. Whatever it was. The thing is like this shit is important, right? If we don't have if we don't have legitimate candidacies, we do not have a legitimate democracy. Right. So it is essential that our candidates be legitimate and that the democracy that we have and the voting system and the elections that we have, I look, cause either we have it or we don't have it. Right. Either we're a fucking democracy or we're not sure. So I get, I get worked up whenever anything sort of wedges its way in there. Right. Yeah. And threatens that because sure. at the end of the day, if that breaks down, we, we got nothing and, and we got nothing. And, and what you, we have is fucking tenuous. I don't want somebody using their powers of state to stop someone else from trying to attempt a candidacy in the United States, because then you're basically Russia. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you're another country. That's, that's what I'm saying. You've got someone, oligarchs yeah, deciding some, on power. Someone who's going to make that decision, right. not for us. Yeah. And I'm with you. Investigate the fuck out of that. Yep. Hell yeah. The thing is, is like, like I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have that investigation run too. run that investigation. Yeah. But we don't cancel the other one. Yeah. 
And that's really what that's really what's underlying. That's what they're saying. Right. And that's what these people are saying, too. To the Oval Office. Brother, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell your audience. I've not shared this with any other audience yet. Your audience is the first. I believe with all my heart in the next year or two. This whole birth certificate thing is going to come to light because. Oh, my God. Who's going to remember? But you. It's going to happen. Are you ready? This birth certificate thing. This thing that we put to bed. Is that the thing that Q had? (laughs) Right? That was his problem. Oh, so here's. He had the birth certificates. No, no, you know what happened is. It's Hillary Clinton cutting the face off the birth certificate. And then fucking (laughs) the birth certificate. That's what we have. I, I don't understand how this is even a controversy. This guy has been vetted. He Obama is not president anymore. Yeah. It's done. He hasn't been president since 2016. You know what this is? This is all whataboutism. Like, yeah, that's right. all this is, right? It's right. this constant stream of it that we've been hearing since the fucking election. Yeah. Anytime, anytime there's a criticism of Trump, you hear anytime there's a criticism of Trump and then the response is, well, Hillary... Stop, I stopped bu- listening to that. It's Hillary bullshit. lost the election. We, yeah. And it's funny because we don't do that with any other... Pre- I've never heard this. Like, when when Obama was president, you didn't hear like, well, McCain. Right. Like, you never heard that. I never heard that. Nobody said that. that. You never heard like, no. well, Mondale. Like, you yeah. never heard this yeah. crazy yeah. stuff. What's that, that Mormon's guy from uh, from Massachusetts? Romney. Romney. You Nobody's never heard like, that. Well, Romney. Well, Romney. Nobody said that. Nobody says that. There's this weird thing with Trump. Well, Gore. Right. It's only with Trump. Like, look, the ship has fucking sailed. It's been two years. We're at the midterms here yeah, in about an hour. It's it's the midterms in a couple months. So criticisms of our existing president. And I'm not talking about criticizing whether he's I I guess I would I would entertain an argument that that had Hillary in the conversation. If the criticism was Trump should not have won the presidency, I think there was an irregularity with regard to the election, right? Yeah. Because now we're discussing the election. Sure. The election had yeah. Hillary as the Or opponent. if you're saying I think Hillary would have been a better better president right that's another argument right. and that also includes hillary clinton but if if what we're saying is this is a criticism of the current trump administration that it is a criticism of the current trump administration it is not a de facto well the other side would have been better i don't care i don't have a fucking crystal ball yeah maybe if hillary was president it would have been a fucking disaster i don't know yeah but what i know is i see who's in power we look at the things that are being done and then we criticize those things. They have now nothing yeah. to do yeah. with the woman who was never fucking president. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't talking get about, it. You're talking about fantasy sports at that point. I know. It's, I mean, right? there's nothing to it. Oh my God, who would win in a fight, a ninja <laughs> or a grizzly bear? I don't, you know, the grizzly bear. What <laughs> no, the fuck course. is wrong with you? Grizzly bear wins. How many swords time. does a ninja have? That doesn't I don't even know. matter. A, there's, now it I want to see it. Now I want to see a ninja doesn't fight a grizzly bear. Doesn't even matter. Because Donald Trump has just called basically for the DOJ to investigate Obama's involvement in all of this deep state shenanigans. And I'm telling you, like I told your audience in the past, Brother Carl, that birth certificate goes to the foundation of a lot of what we're watching. I don't I don't even know what that could possibly mean. If Obama really because because hold on, if Obama really had a deep state program that he was controlling from afar through some nefarious plan it still wouldn't matter about his birth certificate. And what would be the dip? Like, if you say, found that out definitively, you'd be like, fuck, you got to stop doing that. Go to jail. Yeah. And and I also, like, when they keep talking about the deep state, like, the deep state did this, the deep state's doing this, the deep state did that. Let me tell you, the deep state certainly didn't fucking help Hillary get elected. I know, like, the you know deep state I mean? is, like, like ultra state powerful, is, is but impotent. Also not useful. I know, like, that. that's the thing that always makes me laugh about this conspiracy shit, right? Is because... 
they they name this this power, this deep state. Well, and it's the same with almost every conspiracy, yeah. right? Some random and they power are, that they can't name. They are ultra powerful they in never, all these regards. And they never and yet, say like, you know, the head of this thing is controlling. It's always the deep state. It's right. never the head of this department is doing this thing. Yeah, it's it's an undifferentiated yeah, mass random, of, of yeah, people. It's yeah. basically like a, a sleeper cell yeah. of bureaucrats that got activated. They're either powerful or they're not powerful, right? If they're like, what? Why would you be like? Here's the plan: we're gonna we're gonna take all this power, and all the power brokers are really the guys who are just like getting coffee. But now it's like Fight Club; like they watch you while they sleep, and then you're gonna when they're we're gonna lose the election though. So that's our first yeah, step. First step. Wait a minute. The first uh, sir, step is sir. What if we just don't lose yeah. the election, what and if, then everyone yeah. could just go to work on Thursday? That's weird. You're weird. (laughs) Ready to stick it in the glory hole? Get links to their Facebook, Twitter, and if you still use it, Google Plus account at their website, dissonancepod.com. If you need to be all discreet about it, contact them by email at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a ransom message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Want to hear Cognitive Dissonance commercial free and gain access to exclusive content, including full patron only shows? Head to patreon.com forward slash dissonance pod and become a patron to support the show on a per episode basis. Love commercials? Not ready to become a patron? Give the guys a five star review on iTunes or Stitcher or tell your buddies in the drunk tank about the show. We want to send a big sloppy glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. Alex Jones, the sweatiest man on television, says the Boy Scouts of America is a pedophile induction center. Oh, a pick. Okay. All right. <laughs> Here we go. They have to all be made out of uh, pure metal. Yeah, they're induction. They're induction. Right. Yeah, they've yeah. got to be magnetic. Right. Yeah. You've got to make sure they're made. So there's some iron in it's there. It's nice because yeah. you can heat them up quicker. Yeah. They just feed them Wheaties in the morning in their <laughs> induction center all day. I said, you know, let me go check and make sure the Boy Scouts really are handing out condoms like they said they are on Monday. And they're not. Uh, it's actually the International Scout something or another. I looked this up. Snopes had a huge article about it. Um, the International, um, let me see. It's a world. The International or- Condom Scouts? World Organization of the Scout Movement is what it's called. Oh. And whenever they have these big worldwide scout things, the worldwide scout movement is the one that hands. So it's not the Boy Scouts of America. It's a larger organization. It's a larger that the Boy Scouts umbrella of America are, are organization that is, and they're not handing out condoms. Condoms are available. I see. So there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Right. I just wanted to point that out. And I went and read it. It said, got it right here somewhere. It said, all participants will be given condoms. No, that's not no. true. All participants may have access to condoms, but all participants are not given condoms. Okay. But to be entirely fair, I just want to state, just, and I, I know if I had a kid, I couldn't send my kids to the scouts, right? Because I'm an atheist, so they won't sure, yeah, take my yeah, kids yeah. who are also atheists. But any organization that wants to give any of my kids condoms at any time, is welcome to do it. I have a four-year-old. If you want to put condoms in his backpack, I'd be like, cool. Those won't be good by the time you use them. Yeah, right? Like, unless they'll fall you make off a, your tiny pecker. Unless you make a giant water bowl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why anybody doesn't want their kids to have condoms. Do you want unplanned pregnancies? Now, I know. Like, do you want to be a granddad at 31? I would, I would fucking cover all of my... If I could get all three of the boys in my home, if I could get all three of my kids... If I could get them all vasectomies right now and have my little girl's tubes tied tomorrow, I would do it. I would do it all right now. 
Just have it. Just don't yeah. do it. None yeah. of you should. <laughs> none of you. Are you kidding me? I'll wrap you guys head to toe in latex with just a tiny air hole with a straw. <laughs> there are people into that. <laughs> Including the 11-year-old boys and girls. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Good. Because they can get 11-year-old girls sometimes can get pregnant. Yeah. And they're not giving them to them. They are available to them. There's a difference. All participants will be given condoms. What's the message there when you hand 11-year-old... sex is better than unsafe sex. Even if it were true, the message is, hey, uh, be careful because yeah. sex has consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Letting people know about the consequences of sex earlier rather than later is probably a good thing. Uh, I found out because now I done made a girl. I'm Look. 64. I have 14 <laughs> grandchildren. Someone just told me sex have consequences. Uh oh, oh, no. <laughs> like, when I do got you want? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because like, we teach people to drive yeah. before we let them drive, sure. right? Absolutely, yeah. We, we should put them teach. in a simulator. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like I was doing simulations and... before I had sex. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue a lot of the sex I initially yeah, had was simulated. Yeah, it's all simulated. But like yeah. with sex, it's like, why do we not want to teach people about it know. before they... Like, it's you want to teach after? It. It's because we're super duper afraid of it. We're like, oh my God, I can't tell kids about sex. They might have it. They're going to have it regardless of whether they're all going to have it because that thing down there in the nethers, that thing's a pulsating when you get to be 13. Right. It's like, I want to do stuff. Da, da, da. Like, you're it's not like even sure what up, you're doing. You're, you're like, like, I'm running against and the, and the going, door. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, me. Me, 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 me. That's what it's doing every moment of your day. <laughs> right. You're like, when you're at that age, you're like, I put it in yeah. the refrigerator. <laughs> like, like, why? What? Why'd you do that? I don't know. <laughs> It was fucking your I mom's can't. coat. You're just like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, they are absolutely going to do it. They're going to do the it. The best time to learn about things with serious life-altering consequences <laughs> is after you've already done them. Yeah. I uh, killed a guy. <laughs> hey, that's illegal. Well, I wish someone would have mentioned that. Whoopsie-doodle. Uh, oops. The boys. Condoms. The message is, it's like handing somebody a gun and bullets or... Yeah, in my case, they're it's, blanks, I guess. So, they already yeah. have the gun and bullets. They yeah, got no the kidding, they, right? they already got it. They got it. They're shooting bullets into their fucking sheets every night. <laughs> somebody chewing gum or handing somebody, you know. Wait, hold on. Did, what did he say? Hold on. The message is it's like handing somebody a gun and bullets or handing somebody chewing gum or handing somebody, you know. You walk in and say, hey, here's a you know Nintendo controller. Oh, you want to play Nintendo? You don't metaphor well. You should stop metaphoring. Very You're much not, not good do at that. that. It's like handing them chewing gum. What are you talking about? You don't chew on anything during sex. That's bad. Yeah. Or that's not. Or you have chewable condoms, which is weird. I'm not, oh god! Oh, get it off! What are you doing? They're blowing bubbles, it just gets bigger. Someone should bigger, have taught you about and bigger, this. And bigger <laughs> and bigger. Well, what they're saying is, get ready. For these poor young men that are just coming trying to learn how to camp and meet some friends, get ready for, said the Boy Scouts of America, the Junior Swingers of America. The Junior Swingers. Are they in committed fucking relationships? They go there and they all throw the key into the bowl for their teepee or whatever they're saying. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right? I'm here for my <laughs> rainbow council, if you know what I mean. Pow wow. Pow wow. Oh, gosh. Just change the J from B, Junior. Swingers, America. 
Nothing's going to go wrong. And then I canvassed the former Boy Scout sir. I was a Cub Scout, but didn't quit after that. So I never had it was a church Cub Scout thing. It was great. I'm burping up, by the way. Just, he's, burping, just, he's burping up he's right having now. He's burping something issues. up. You could see him. Like, like the thing is, is like maybe if you're hearing him, he just sounds like he's pausing. He's, he is, like you could see his his face did this thing. Like, and he's got this sort of squinty face going on. Camping and stuff. But by the time I was 11, I was already doing sports too much to be in the Boy Scouts. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. I love this guy's glory days are when he was in high school and 11 and years 11. old. When I was 11, I was fucking <laughs> these girls that were like 17 in the, the Satan world, parties. The world in my hand when I was 11, I caught that one pass. It was amazing. Best time of my life was 29 years ago in sixth grade. <laughs> really? Nobody gives a shit. You're a piece of garbage. I hit this, I hit this ramp and did a sweet jump. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I canvassed the Boy Scouts here. And they said, no, no, 20, 30 years ago, there was, you know, quite a bit of, uh, not with them, but, you know, quite a bit of, uh, well, I had it described to me. And uh, let's just say they were giving fellatio lessons uh, and uh, other things. And uh, you explain to me how the world is better off when it has, or worse off when it has fellatio lessons. Tell me that that's case. a worse world. <laughs> You know what's terrible? We're going to raise a nation of people good at sucking dick. Is this what we want? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's literally what everybody, everybody on both ends of that's like, uh, you're really good at that. Thank you. Yeah. High five. Right. All right. Nailed it. <laughs> the Nobody end. wants to be bad the at end. it. Yeah. You know, that's, you get your merit badge now for that. I would like to see the dick sucking merit badge. Show me, show me the merit badge. It's not a dick. It's got to be a mouth, right? It's like, it basically like you sew on like a Rolling Stone <laughs> logo the lip with the lips in the mouth <laughs> on your outfit, I think. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I could make some really bad jokes, but I'm not going to do it. But I'm not funny, so I can't. <laughs> I actually can't make yeah, a joke. I actually can't. I don't know what jokes are. Burp. <laughs> got merit badges for a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> I can think of the merit badges. <laughs> think of all the merit badges you could get for, for sexual conduct, guys. You could, you huh? could have a put it in the butt what merit about badge. Butt stuff merit, uh, merit okay, badge. Right? Huh? 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 Reach funny. around merit badge, guys. Huh? Butts are are you following me? Are you following me on this one? <laughs> They're going to be handing out. I mean, what are we not going to put up with at this point, folks? This is total cultural sabotage. <laughs> By who? It's the scout organization. If, like, if I was a parent. by who? But if I was a parent with a kid in the scouts, the scouts is voluntary. Right. So if they were like, we're going to the fucking world scout thing, organization. And there's going to be like free rubbers. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not into that. I'm going to keep my kid home. Yeah. So it could be stupid. But up, up, but done. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's know. it. I know. What, the, what, I, what I love is that he's like, they're, they're holding this organization hostage in some way. So you can't have fun anymore. You know? Oh, I didn't it's learn like, how to start a campfire start, because I was too busy putting yeah, this rubber on. Start your own scouts with fucking hookers and blow. Like, you could start your own shit. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny because, like, the religious nuts have tried a number of times to start their own scouting organizations, but nobody wants Isn't to play with them. Uh, it. You have to be some, you have to have some religious affiliation and the scouts have, the scouts have the Mormons as their primary financial backer. Or at least they did. So for can a long you be time. a secular humanist? You cannot. Huh? You can't. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so you can, you can be a Muslim. Screw you can it. be a Jane. You can be a, and I called yeah. to see if they were flexible. And they said, no, they said, no, 
They said, your kid can't come play with us because he doesn't believe in God. That's true. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Fuck that. Who not, cares right. about him? So I was like, eh, all right. Yeah. And there's all there's secular alternatives to scouts. Sure, yeah, yeah. But what but what's funny is like the, there are hyper-religious groups that feel like the scouts are too liberal and they've tried to start their own scouting program and nobody cares about it because it's sad and all of their lives are sad I'm and already, nobody goes. I'm already thinking like this one's too religious. I know. <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, for us, it's like, whoa, whoa wait a minute, that's that. too much. Yeah, and then there's stupid. for some people, yeah. it's like, whoa, 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 that's too much. <laughs> no, you got to actually, you've got to be crucified before you can get. <laughs> you have to be this tall to ride this cross. <laughs> Handing condoms to eleven-year-olds is pedophilia. No, it's, no not. it's not. No, it's not. What? Fucking the kid with a condom on. That's pedophilia. Yeah. <laughs> and barebacking them. That's yeah, also no, pedophilia. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. You don't have to use a condom to be a pedophile. Like <laughs> it's condom optional, right? God. Yes, we earned our safe anal sex merit badge. That's it's a it's an old timey it's so it's an old timey color image with someone with a thought like a speech bubble. That says we earned our safe sex, safe anal sex merit badge. It's better than earning the unsafe anal sex merit it's, badge. Yeah, it's better than earning the I have to take AIDS medication for the rest of my life right? merit badge. It's like better than yeah. like uh, I have an anal fissure. Yeah, merit badge. Yeah. That's no good. That's, like, yeah, I have trauma now. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This story is also right wing. Watch this is uh, Jim Baker. He knows in his spirit that 100 hitmen have been hired to kill Trump. That's a lot of hitmen. Mm. A lot. Right. He knows it in his spirit, though. So That's where you know the best stuff. Let's let's hear. Yeah, let's hear it. This is Jim Baker from his Jim Baker bucket show. Okay, how can we do this to a president? How can we put him on trial? Well, if he's guilty for a, of a crime, you can put him on. That's how being and a United States citizen works. And also, he's not on trial. Yeah. He's so, not on trial yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not on trial. So we haven't done that. Also, we talked about last week, like what the options are. And like that one seems very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they said they said that there there is there is a legal case to be made that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Right. So we may not be able to put him on yeah. trial. Right. Even if he commits yeah. crimes. When there's no sign of a crime. How he, could? Oh, wait a minute. Hold uh, on. Yeah, minute. There we go. We don't know. I mean, like, I, you know, nobody, Mueller's been really good about keeping a lot of shit close to his vest. Stuff doesn't get out until after stuff has happened yeah. with him. He does n there's no, there's very few leaks when it comes to what's, what's happening with him and the stuff that happens. People are a lot of times speculating about what's happening because there's no leaks. There's nothing right. to get. And it's just a lot. Of, yeah. He's doing, they, I think what Jim Baker here is insinuating is that Trump is on trial now in the court of public opinion. Well, that's true. Yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think he's Turns saying. out that happens to every single president. That happens to every public figure. Yeah. Right. It happens all the time. Right. What because is going we're, on? Because we're failing. We're failing in our responsibility. Our responsibility is that we're supposed to watch the back of the man that God put in, in the White House, not run for the hills. Okay. So we watch his back. That might mean voting. It may be praying and fasting. Oh, these, those two things are very different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to cast my fast. Uh, and one, really? Yeah. <laughs> you go, you go to see the, go to see the person at the polls. You're like, I just want my vote to count more. I prayed and fasted. Right. You'd be like, I haven't, yeah. I didn't eat lunch, so yeah. I get two votes. Get, yeah. That's what I didn't. It's like 1245. One for my hungry tummy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I skipped Starbucks this morning. I get three votes. Three. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I don't do that.
is showing up there, law-abiding, peaceful. We watch the man's back, but not only that, we watch his back as he drives every scoundrel, skunk, thief, deceiver, two-faced liar. From his cabinet? From his administration? (laughs) What are we talking about? From his family? With all the credentials and all the three-letter word whatever. He did not finish that sentence. With all the credentials and three-letter words, whatever's that yeah. doesn't make any sense to what he was just talking about. None of none of that was actually a complete thought or sentence. Okay. He said, "Like we watch their back while he drives them with their three-letter words and credentials. drives drives them where? I don't know. Like to the McDonald's Sunday drive. Like, hey guys, pile in the car. We're gonna go do a little garage sale. Hey guys, we're going to Arlington. We're gonna take selfies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about. This is our man." We want to watch his back. He's not Superman. He's a mortal man. They want to kill him. Who wants to kill him? Who has said what, what indication or evidence or proof do we have? And how, if I liked him, would I watch his back? Am I going to like, yeah, I know. I'm be like, I'm volunteer secret service. There's a million people just running around being like, no, <laughs> like diving in front of bullets. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm the citizen secret service. <laughs> yeah. Get close to him. <laughs> See how that works out for you. Stand there with your little Bluetooth in right? your ear uh, and be like, he's coming this way. Suddenly you're dead. You're right. Or exactly. You're surrounded right? or you're arrested. Maybe in that order. <laughs> well, are you black? So that actually determines the order. In the book, Trump apocalypse. I was in Trump. You call the book Trump Could there be a no more perfect name for this presidency? Because he's going to end the world. Interviewing um, a, a well-known pastor. You'd know him. Everybody here would know him. And this well-known pastor. But I'm not going to tell you who he look, is. Everybody would know him. But I can't say who he is. I don't know. Because it's not true. Anyway, I was talking to the most powerful person you don't can't verify that I talked to. not true. It's just not true because you're not going to tell me who it is. One time I I finger banged a girl in Canada. I have this unverified source that can quote me on finger banging something. (laughs) (laughs) Had just been in the White House with Trump and he had met a very high level uh, Republican leader who'd been there for 35 years. Not Trump. He just met Trump. What other? Okay. I can't. This is this is deep state stuff, though. What he's going to say is he's going to talk about that's the same thing. It's like some unverified right. person had an unverified conversation about something completely unverified. But I got the fucking transcript in my book. So, yeah, you right. know, you can read it word for word as I made it right. up for my you. my yeah. cousin's brother's uncle's wife's secretary's daughter. Once told me it's like the David Icke book. You remember when right. the David yeah. Icke book where he just make make these conclusions and you'd be like, wait. How did you the get fuck? there? Right. Yeah. And be like, oh, no, and just, lizard yeah, people. Yeah. And here's a here's an entire conversation with someone. <laughs> Very respected. And this high level Republican leader took the pastor aside and said to him secretly, privately, he said, you understand that the deep state is planning oh on God. taking out Trump. I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, my God. This is. It's exactly what was happening earlier, though. It's the same thing. It's the same 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 argument. It's the same argument. Is this the is this the way in which they continue to be the underdog over and over and over again? I think that this there is a desire. This especially when there is a president who campaigned on the idea of underdogism, which is amazing because he also is a billionaire. Well, a supposed billionaire, right? Yeah, Yeah. I'm a billionaire underdog. Don't you (laughs) really, really? But that's who we elected. We elected a billionaire reality TV exactly. show underdog to be president. I had to, I was the run to the litter. I had to suck from a, a very small golden nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Melania still feels weird about it. When I do that now, 
But what I, I gilded her nipples. That's what I'm saying. It's part of the deal. It's in the prenup. I gilded her nipples. Gold finger. <laughs> you were saying I interrupted you. I, I uh, that's all right. I think I was saying it was going to be more talk, important. You were talking about, about the You were talking about uh, how Trump ran on a campaign. Yeah, he ran on a campaign of underdogism. Thank you. And like, I think if he loses the status of underdog and claims the role of most powerful fucking person in the world, yeah. then he loses the sympathies of those people yeah. that he's relying on for 2020. Yeah. But conversely, he's constantly bemoaning his lack of respect as that powerful position or as that person right, in, a, right, in a power right. position. So he's trying to maintain both roles. And it's, it's interesting to watch him like juggle that. It's interesting to watch people let him juggle that. And the, the pastor said, well, what do you mean by taking him out? I, and the Republican leader said, I mean, like, in, in taking it out, I mean, like, in killing or assassinating. So we have the whole transcription here. Yeah, the whole transcription that you made up. By an, undivi- an undisclosed source. It's like an source. undisclosed source told you this happened. That's not a transcription. Cecil, did I? Well, I, man, you know, I mean, it is. Maybe if he told you what he heard. Now, but- I wrote this down in my blog. That I once talked to a gremlin uh, who told me <laughs> that the gremlin? inside of the earth was actually made out of marshmallow fluff. And because I wrote that, that in my blog. amazing, by the way. Right? Gosh. It's true me now. to that land. This is how truth works. However, now. if you had marshmallows in this room, they would be fluff. They, they would, would turn into fluff. No, they would, they would be overcooked. <laughs> they would, yeah, your s'more would be overcooked. <laughs> and then... In the book? In the book. In, in fact, in this book? was so weird. There's so many miracles. See, I've book. been saying for months on the air, there's right. a there, there's probably a hundred hitmen been hired to kill Trump. They are the most incompetent hitmen ever. Man. Because not a single one has even tried to attempt it. Do you get your money back on a hitman? Like, is it a, so. How does that work? so. I feel like it's it's like when the drug dealer takes your money. Who are you going to tell? Yeah, that's a good point. You'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, cops. That guy, there was a cops, an amazing cops I saw once where a, <laughs> a guy got ripped off trying to buy crack and he went to get the cops and he told are the you- cops and then they, he was like, what were you trying to get? He's like, he, I was trying to buy something. And they're like, what were you trying to buy? And he's like, I was trying to buy something. And then like, they keep going back and forth. They finally arrest both of them. <laughs> one had crack on him and the other one was trying to buy crack. So yeah, they, like, but that's yeah, amazing. It's a really stupid thing to be like, yeah, I, I uh, you know, my hate, my hitman didn't work out. So the, I, the problem is that the- you got to hire a hitman to go after your hitman that doesn't kill the guy. And then, so you have this, like, you have yeah, a, Russian like a Russian nesting, nesting doll, doll full of yeah, hitmen. It's, it's, you hired a spider to kill right. the fly. It's yeah. like, you just hire that French guy from the yeah. professional the or that little girl. name was spider and the other one was So we are joined by friend of the show, Marissa Alexa McCool, the author of her new book, Once Unspoken. Marissa, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. So you got a new book. Tell us about it. So there's this play called The Vagina Monologues. I think a few people may have a That'll know, never catch it. on. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it was written back in Vagina, the 90s. Vagina, I mean, not, <laughs> not the monologues. <laughs> 
Yeah. And ever since then, uh, it's been performed on a lot of college campuses. And it also served as an opportunity last year for me to make my first public appearance. And it turned out I was the first trans woman ever cast in the Vagina Monologue show at 17 years of the UPenn's production. Oh, wow. So the, the next year they invited me back as a spotlight speaker to perform my own piece. But I noticed that because of the license of the show, there were an awful lot of women in that show who felt like they weren't represented and weren't allowed to uh, express anything that was outside of the script, which, of course, was written, you know, 20 some years ago. What do you mean by the license of the show? I don't know what that means. So in order to perform the show, you have to agree to the license to, to purchase the play. And Eve Ensler, the author, has a really hard time letting anybody add lines or improvise anything or go off script in any way. But because I was coming back as not technically part of the show, I was allowed to say whatever I wanted. And one person... Can I ask you, a, can I ask you an intervening question? Sure. And I'm, and I'm just genuinely curious. So what is it about the vagina monologues that lends itself to like a more open or improvisational add-on interpretation that other plays or works of art that are more typically like lockdown might not have. You know what I mean? Like, cause I think like if you were doing like, I'm going to do Hamlet, you, you just do Hamlet, mm -hmm. but the vagina monologues has this sort of, uh, a different element to it. So, so what is it about the vagina monologues for people who might not be familiar with them that, that would sort of lend itself to this kind of, uh, improvisational nature or add on nature or whatever you're, however the best ways to say that. So most of the speeches and monologues in it are very direct. They are very personal and they deal with a lot of issues like, you know, sexual assault and sex and, you know, everything that involves uh, being a woman or having a vagina. And there are a lot of feelings that come along with that, especially for kids who have been assaulted themselves. And the one specific example that I had was um, the person who ended up writing the foreword was a Southeast Asian woman. And she was wearing a full sari and she had to fight just to get the line. My sari is not an excuse to fetishize me into the show. And it really bothered me that something that personal that didn't change the narrative, didn't change the piece, but was something that really meant a lot to her. She had to fight for that. And meanwhile, I'm coming in like, hey, I'm Riss McCool. I'm saying whatever the fuck I want for five minutes, you know? <laughs> so after, you know, we were talking about that and we kind of had the thing of, you know, this, this show was written 20 years ago. There's nothing about social media. There's nothing about school shootings. There's nothing about online bullying. And it's not to say that it's a bad show, but it does need some updates. And there are an awful lot of people who don't feel included. There's only one trans monologue, and that one's problematic at best. The tr trans men are completely invisible from it. Non-binary people are completely invisible from it. And there aren't, aren't a lot of pieces that are directed toward women and people of color. And we just kind of had one of those things of, yeah, we should start our own show with blackjack and hookers. And then I was like, <laughs> wait, why don't we do that? And that's pretty much how this book started. Okay. Yeah, because that, that seems that's what kind of what I was thinking while you were talking is like, all right, well, there's this uh, there's this piece that already exists. And like, I think if I created something, I would be like, yeah, it's the thing I created. And if people were like, I'd like to change it. I'd be like, I would like you to not change it because <laughs> I created it. And that's what I changed. So like what, what excites me about this is like, you know, there's 
there is a space for the existing art. And then there's this new space that sounds like it has a, a need, a social need to be created. So tell me about the new space that you're creating. The new space I'm creating is focused on queer women. And once again, women and people uh, who are born with vaginas like, um, you know, uh, non-binary people and uh, trans men who are not women but have vaginas. And also uh, people of color, uh, people from different parts of the world, people who have been through different ex traumatic experiences. And of course, atheist women. I included uh, several names that most people in the atheist community would know, uh, Callie Wright and Mandisa Thomas among them. And instead of what Eve Ensler did, which was in interview a lot of different people and then interpret their experience into all pieces that she wrote, I decided to instead give the space to those people to tell their own stories. So I don't know what it's like to be a trans woman of color. And it would be foolish of me to presume I know what that's like. So I went to my friend Princess Harmony and said, hey, you write a lot about this. Why don't you share your story? Or Mandisa Thomas talking about appearing for a secular woman photo shoot. Um, I don't know what it's like to be a woman of color in Atlanta or, you know, live like she has. So I feel like giving these women and people the space to tell their own story instead of tell people what their story is or have me from my experience interpret what it is, I felt was a much needed update because Eve Ensler was interviewed by the school newspaper the week before and she said, yeah, maybe it's time for me to write an update. And a lot of the women in the show were like, well, why don't you let other people speak now? And I, I tried to take that to heart. The Vagina Monologues is a is a really interesting piece of feminist, feminist literature. I have a question and I don't want to come off like an asshole or transphobic or, or, or be a dick. And I, I know you're going to take this in the right the right sense, but I want to preface it by saying that I have seen it said by some feminists that they really do reject trans women because they feel like you haven't, uh, for, for parts of your life, you lived as a man, so you don't know what it's like to live as a woman. Do some feminists reject trans women in that way? And, and what, do you, what would you say to people that, that, that use that argument against you? Well, we have a term for them. It's called TERFs trans-exclusionary radical feminists. And they not only reject our experience and our identity, but I saw reports of the Women's March a couple months ago where these people were going to the Women's March and taking pictures of people's crotches who they thought might be trans to what? you know try to get infiltrators or whatever. And it's <gasps> like, okay, so you're trying to prove that you're the creepy ones by going around and taking pictures of people's crotches. By taking upskirts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, there there is some element of the fact that we were not born, quote unquote, as women, and we were raised to be different than who we are. And that's valid, but it also doesn't mean we aren't who we say we are. It doesn't mean that we didn't struggle for years to grow into who we are or understand that. And it certainly doesn't mean we didn't get our ass kicked all the time for being too feminine or being too, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. But so can, can I, can I ask a, a, an intervening question again? Isn't it, would it be fair to say that it's just a different experience that maybe it that it, what it needs is not to share space, but to have its own space. Because it sounds like a very different experience to be a trans woman than to be a um, cis woman. 
it seems to me like like those are very different socialized experiences throughout your life. Is it? I can see the necessity for both experiences to be celebrated, but also d- differentiated because they're going to be very different experiences. Would they? Would that be a fair thing to consider? With some things, yes, but you know, at the same time, we the point of intersectionality is that you bring your different experiences to the conversation. And there are plenty of trans women who transitioned when they were children and have lived their whole lives as women. And there are those of us who didn't even know what trans was until we were adults, but that doesn't make our experience invalid either. The problem I see is that a lot of us are trying to fight the same fight. And it's not like trans women are coming into these spaces saying, oh, you don't know what it means to be a woman or whatever, anything like that. It's just we have different experiences as women and we face some of the same discrimination from the same people, only we tend to get murdered for it. You know, so it's that there, of course, are different experiences. And we one thing I don't think that people consider with trans people is whenever we talk about the different ways that men and women are treated or the different uh, experiences they have, we have a lot of those firsthand. So especially trans women who go from a relative place of privilege to not having that privilege, we've seen firsthand the different ways people are treated because we can reflect on when we were perceived differently to be like, whoa, this didn't happen you know, before I transitioned. Nobody gave me any problem over this. I didn't have to watch my drink. I didn't have to wonder if someone was following me. So while there may be a need to differentiate some conversations, a lot of the time it's done to exclude us, not to differentiate the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it it's, does. it's exclusionary rather than inclusionary. Yeah, that makes sense. So what what is your favorite uh, favorite story from this book? Well, it, it's actually from the experience of someone who was assigned female at birth and her, their son got murdered. And this was recent, like in January. And I was following their experience because this started coming out a lot of you know, right before Parkland happened. So the gun debate got started for the 487,000th time. And there was this person that I went to school with whose 19-year-old son was murdered with a shotgun point blank. And they were telling this story of going to the coroner and wanting to see the body. And they wouldn't, they couldn't show it to them, but they offered to remove a sheet to show his hand. And that image alone was one of the most haunting experiences I've ever seen. And then you have this person who has a pretty valid reason to not like guns, having even family members say, well, you're not taking away my guns. You're not doing all this. It's like, her fucking son got murdered, you assholes. So uh, their their piece is a lot about growing up and how the the, the running theme of the the piece, uh, their name is Melissa Frank how they say, I thought abuse was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. I thought this was the worst thing that could ever happen to me, or at least this wasn't the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And then they tell the story of their son and it's heart wrenching. And a part of it is the speech they gave at the March for our lives. They were in Duluth, Minnesota. And I really admired the fact that they could have spent that whole time talking about themselves or their identity, or their son. And instead, they chose that platform to say, hey, Black lives matter. LGBTQ lives matter. This conversation matters. These kids matter. And 
I really admire someone who has gone through probably the worst thing anyone could ever go through and being willing to use their platform to not just raise their own cause, but help others. Wow. So where can people find this book? Uh, you can find it on Amazon or at my personal website, uh, rismacool.com, R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L. And uh, I can send along a PayPal link to, to buy it directly from me. It'll be signed by me. So I tend to uh, buy a bunch of copies and then send out signed copies of it as well. Oh, nice. Well, that's nice. Nice, nice. If people are going to find you, I know you, you do Inciting Incident. Um, you also do a couple other podcasts. Uh, can you tell us about the podcast that you're involved in? Yeah. Uh, first of all, the Inciting Incident podcast is having their 150th episode in Chicago at the Den Theater on June 23rd. Um, so oh, wow. anyone near the area, uh, we, I'm sure there's still tickets available. So more than welcome to join us. We will have my co-host, Bethany Futrell, who is the head of uh, Chicago Atheists, as well as Alex Jules, Mandisa Thomas, Stephanie Zvan, and Jenica Crail. Um, my second podcast is called The Sister Getting Out of Hand, and I uh, co-host that with Ari Stillman of the Gatheist Manifesto. And we use that podcast. It's a trans-only podcast. So only trans people are on it. Only trans people make it. Only trans people are involved with it at all. And we use skits and other experiences to sort of not have to do 101 all the time. So it's a place for us to bitch about everybody else without having to stop and define everything, which, you know, people like me and Ari don't mind going out and explaining those things, but it's nice to have one space where we don't have to. Yeah, a little preaching yeah, to the choir. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, I also produce a couple of shows. I produce uh, Man Yells at News. I produce The Interesting Life of Pris. I produce Secular Soup, which I'm, I've heard... Uh, Y'all have something going on. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard. I've never heard of it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I produce my husband's show uh, for trans men. So I've I, I, I'm a little busy, but <laughs> <laughs> sounds like <laughs> I it. imagine. Well, Riz, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck with your book, and uh, and thanks and thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Absolutely. We want to thank our patrons, of course, but we want to thank our most recent patrons, Melissa, Dan, Chris, Luke, Marky, Mike and Ryan from the Unholy Generation podcast, Donald, Larry, Jason, Marcus, Jivez, 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 Mark, Cult of One, Phobos 2390, You Sucky, and Melina, thanks so much uh, thank for your you generous much. donations. We really do appreciate it. You guys are the reason Glory Hole Studios exists. Thank you so much for your donations. If you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash dissonance pod. You can go to our website, dissonancepod.com. You can become a patron on a per episode basis, get some extras, uh, and you get to help support the show. And maybe you get to help support Cecil when he finally loses his job. <laughs> <laughs> Please support Cecil. <laughs> I need Cecil. We need a Cecil. Guys, I don't know how to do yeah, this. Without a Cecil, this doesn't happen. This does not happen. If it's just a Tom? It's just a Tom. What are you fucking not kidding me? Happen. When I go through some of the email that we got, the first is a message uh, from Coil. Coil? Coil. Coil. Let's go with that. We got a message. We got this message from a few people. A couple of people sent us links about the queen's power. I guess the king and queen have 
some powers, although these powers are not powers that get enacted very often. They can like dissolve parliament and they're the one who actually appoints the prime minister, but they never go against the house of commons. Like I I understand that they have power, but but from a practical level, they never really use it. It is a symbolic. And and I mean, like, let's be honest, they're cutting a lot of ribbons. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. They're controlling the swans. Yeah. They are. Someone's got, won't somebody think of the swans? Look at how many fucking medals are on that dude's chest. That guy is, is he married to her? Does she have a husband? The queen? Yeah. Oh, I, I have I have no idea. And why isn't he the king if he's the... No, maybe? that's not how that works. Oh, okay. If you're not from, like, the, the line... If you didn't come out of the vagina? Right. If oh. you're not from that line, you can't marry into the the Superdome or whatever. Like, you can't... You can, That's why the prince I has stopped a listening. duchess. I already stopped listening. But not a... I learned all this! I literally don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> I may have gotten it wrong. All right, this, this story is about Adam and Eve. This is from James... He said, what we did with the multiple swings was hang one from the door and another from the ceiling. We found with a minor bit of work, either person can be in either swing. Oh, nice. It's actually a hell of an experience. You got to work for it, but it's well worth it to see her enjoyment. Well, can you switch mid-swing? Is that a possibility? There you go. Yeah. I don't know. So those swings, by the way, they're a free gift. You go to adamandeve.com. Adam and Eve. Enter Gloria checkout. You get 50% off almost any item. You get free shipping. You get a free sex swing. And all you have to do is just go there and type in glory. Multiple orders, multiple orgasms, multiple, multiple sex swings, swings. Multiple swings. So we got a message from Carl, and uh, Carl had just wanted to send us a, a, a nice message. He, he lives in buttfuck nowhere, Australia. I don't know where that's that is great. on a map. Um, I wonder kind of if that's a mine. Like Couldn't he have you... just written Australia? Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> feels guess, redundant. I guess. I don't know. I would imagine so. But Carl, thanks for listening from so, such a faraway place. We got a message. Um, this is from Christopher, and Christopher found us um, through Citation Needed, a show you should listen to, by the way. You should be listening this, to Citation Needed. Last week, we did Lord Timothy Dexter. That was a really fun episode to do. So, so those of you who don't know what Citation Needed is, Citation Needed is a uh, Wikipedia-based podcast. We do it with the Puzzle and the Thunderstorm guys. We take an article from Wikipedia. We break it down. We chit-chat about it. We mostly make jokes. It's make a, a lot, lot of, of jokes. fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot, it's of, a lot fun. of fun. But uh, but he wound us finding us through Citation Needed and started our back catalog. So uh, so thanks for listening. He's up to 235. Um, I don't want to break it to you, but pre- Trump is president. I just want you to know that right now. Saddest it's day of my the life. saddest day ever. We got a message from Casey, and Casey said um, that he was at a wedding recently. And at that wedding, uh, he had uh, heard... The Bible verse that I'm going to read to you spoken out loud, and it totally gave him a shock face. It says, this is Ephesians 5.22 through 33. I'm not going to read all the way through 33. I'll probably just read 5.22 and 5.22 through 5.24. Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is Savior. Now... As the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. That includes butt stuff, ladies. I'm just saying. saying. We got a message, Tom. Now, this is from Name Redacted, and I want you to read this. (laughs) This is is really important. This is the QAnon stuff. This is from uh, somebody who sent us um, a message. And I just, I'm not even going to, it's just about QAnon. So go ahead. What's up, guys? I'm a super secret CIA operative reaching out via my secure Gmail secure account. Secure Gmail. Do you have like two-factor authentication? Because <laughs> that's better than Podesta. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. 
I'm here to confirm that the military is, in fact, fighting MS-13 in the streets of every major U.S. city. Mm. They are doing this while fighting a losing war in the <laughs> Middle East and practicing for the impending military takeover. New World Order, FEMA, Insurrection, Jade Helm, Jade Marshall Helm. Law, Sir oh. Turk. Call back to last year. I know. Jade Helm. God, I love Jade oh, Helm. Jade you got to put a Jade Helm God, right up the hoo-ha. The wistful days of Jade Helm. <laughs> when people were only partly crazy. <laughs> Remember, we were worried about being worried about that. Oh, gosh, Tom. Everything Alex Jones has said about the military is always 100% correct. 100. He, now, name redacted. This would have been better if you just said 150% correct. That's more percent. That's more percentages. So we want to thank uh, Riss for coming on. She came on to talk about her book, Once Unspoken. You can get that on Amazon. Uh, you can also find all her other works on this week's show notes. This is episode 417. So that's going to wrap it up, but we're not going to wrap it up like we normally do. We're going to toss it off to Riss to do the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy healing, watered down, rude spiral, brain, brain dead sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cards, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temple, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your sides, thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. Nicely done. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> well done. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you. Let me shut that. You want to shut the thing off? Not no. really. Shut the thing off. I don't want to. I know Cecil. you don't. I know you don't. Cecil, but you're gonna. I don't want to turn off to. the air conditioner. It's still. Is, warm are we recording right now? Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. I want you to know how much we care because right now, don't say anything. Okay. The sound you're about to hear is the sound with the air conditioner on. Yeah. That's the sound. We care enough about the sound quality of the show. That we to eliminate air, we that, shut the, we shut the air conditioner. So, off. so let's yeah. let's all have a moment of silence. While you're up, get me a beer to create this yeah. moment of silence. Get me a beer. <laughs>